Thank you so much for your testimony. Uh, we will now move to member questions. Uh, and I will begin uh, by recognizing myself for five minutes. And we have so much work that we've done today, I'm having to scroll through. <laughs> so um, as I said earlier, I am quite grateful to each of you who have testified today uh, for not only coming in providing your testimony, but for reminding us that you are bringing to the subcommittee and to Congress not just the words that you have submitted in your written testimony or spoken today, but really the wishes and intent of your elders, your people, and sometimes the salmon that you are trying to work to protect and save the cultural sites that you should be able to protect and should not be, they're not tourist sites, they are important and revered and should be protected by those who know uh, how to hold them sacred. And so I wanna thank you, every one of you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, we've heard so resoundingly clear um, the connection that you have uh, to these places that when we're talking about certain land and trust or even law enforcement, right? The Law Enforcement Parity Act is about preserving the safety of the people that you represent and have come here to discuss. Um, so, you know, respect and reciprocity in caring for the land and caring for the people you represent is really came out clearly today in this testimony. Um, so Chairman Picornell, uh, first I want to uh, recognize uh, the um, importance of your tribe of being able to enter into the longer term leases uh, for generating economic activity. I did a lot of financing uh, before I got to Congress and so understand that so well. I also appreciated the manner in which you talked about the importance of having 99-year leases without having to come back to Congress so that we're not just getting, you know, okay, let's add somebody else to that lease. But could you please share with us uh, what not having um, that congressional authority immediately, what has that, what impact has that had on your ability uh, to pursue um, some of your economic development efforts? It's a, it's a struggle we have uh, because the fifth, while the fifth year leases are, have worked in the past, I think the lenders are getting to the point where they, they're looking at 80, 90, 99 year leases uh, to, to get that uh, sense of security on their, on their loans and uh, their, their, their investment into the tribes. So uh, this, this just uh, uh, strengthens that uh, commitment from the tribe to those lenders. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, 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 Chairwoman Charles, um, you uh, described, I think, really eloquently the fact that this is the last step, am I correct, and what you need in terms of the dam removal to get to where you need to do. Um, so what would, like when you think about this last step, it doesn't work without this last step, is that correct? Tell us like what it means to actually finally accomplish what you began many years ago. As I stated in my testimony a little bit earlier as well, I mean, it's there's really no uh, words that could describe the, the journey that we have taken on this. Uh, it's what I always say is it's something that I inherited from my ancestors as well as from the previous council members. 
But in the last step itself with the land, the land acquisition, it, it tells the tale. It's in between our sacred lands. Um, we have a lot of stories that our elders had talked about that is no longer a myth, it's the reality of it. Uh, having the stories that have been brought forth, not only to me, but to our future generations and in regards to where do we go from here? Um, it, it's something that we have lived and we have breathed every day of our lives to have this take place for us, uh, to finish with the land acquisition itself. It's uh, it's something that uh, we, we've been waiting for for generations, for oh. years. Well, thank you for, so very much for traveling these distances, for waiting, and for pushing to, re, to finalize what you've been working on. Uh, Chairman James, uh, would you share a little bit, and we're almost out of time, um, sort of the intent of the changes that you made to the legislation uh, and, and, and where you believe we are at in terms of coming to agreement on it? Yeah, I'll try to be real quick. Uh, the changes that we made is we removed our, 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 our governing documents that includes our ancestral territory outside of our reservation boundary. So after further discussion, we removed that out of there. Uh, we also removed a, a, a co-management uh, 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 language out of there too. And again, the intent was uh, for, for Yurok, but we, after discussions, we removed those out. And all we're doing now is revised, extending our reservation boundary on the east side of our reservation uh, with the land that we own already and manage and partner with the Forest Service. And we're also, uh, including a little over 1,200 acres of uh, the experimental forest that's uh, within the Forest Service's hands. And again, we have our Forest Service building, environmental department building there. Uh, we manage it and operate it already. And, uh, and with the byways, uh, which is a, a road uh, that connects our upper and lower part of the reservation that's owned by Humboldt County, who we work and partner with, go after grants for it, and contributed millions of dollars there working with our partners there. But, yeah. Thank you very much. And I did want to also, with regards to, I want to really thank uh, uh, Chairman Wupnik, as well as uh, Chairman Atterbury for the manner in which you have expressed the ability and the willingness to look at alternatives as we've worked through this legislation to my to what would work best, what would work best in terms of getting us to a place where you come to a settlement, getting us to a place that feels more familiar and comfortable uh, with uh, the agencies. And so thank you very much for, for bringing that to uh, your attention. And although we did uh, require that you wait longer, I am, I've gone over my time and I will now yield uh, to our ranking member for questions. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I want to thank everyone for sticking with us through this, uh, through this recess. It is, believe me, just as frustrating for us as it is for you when this happens. Sometimes life in Congress is crazy, and this is one of those days when we feel like half our brain is in 10 different places. So thank you very much for, for bearing with us, uh, because the, the testimony that you have and the fact that you're willing to be here testifying on behalf of your tribes is incredibly important, not just to us, but obviously to the people that you represent. Uh, Chairman Rupnik, I, I wanted to ask a little bit more about the economic damages that the tribe has incurred as a result of the taking uh, of these lands, because I know that's an important part of the bill. Uh, and you'd mentioned that, I know, I know the bill has a, just a, a benchmark figure of $10 million in it. You'd mentioned that you've done an economic analysis that puts the damage at over $99 million. Uh, Can you talk about that damage and the way it was calculated? 
We hired a global firm. It was uh, Compass Lexicon that actually done economic analysis on that. And uh, they looked at the loss of uh, use of land from 1849 up until the present day, or actually uh, two years ago, um, when that study was complete. Um, we looked at you know what was available to us throughout that whole time, what should have been uh, given to us based on the use of that land and being denied um, the use of that land. Well, hopefully we can uh, right some of those historical wrongs. I, we're, that's what we're hoping yeah, for too. I think, I think everyone is unified in the desire <laughs> to do that. Uh, Chairman Erickson, if you're still on, uh, on remotely, I have a question for you about HR 8387. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a, you know, a really great bill. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, I, I think that many members of the subcommittee want to talk about is the potential costs on extending those federal employment benefits to tribal officers. Have you done an analysis on what the fiscal impacts of that bill might be? Yeah. Do you hear me again? I want to make sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we've done some initial analysis. Um, there was the, you know, initially there was the, D, the defund the police movement that, you know, with, that prompted, prompted some Washington State Legislature a couple of years ago. Um, some of that helped curtail a lot of enforcement activities that uh, it also limited our enforcement authority. Um, that also resulted in a lot of confusion. I think it uh, also negatively impacted the public views of law enforcement in general. Um, so with to your question, the Washington, you know, the Washington State Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs has released a report, report last year that found that Washington State has the fewest number of law enforcement officers uh, per capita of any state in the country with only 1.38 per 100,000 residents. Um, so, I mean, some of the initial analysis we got that there wouldn't be significant impacts to this because of the number of uh, tribal police officers. Um, I'm not sure if I can add any more. Um, we've done some additional data, but based on what we've read so far, we're, we're cautiously optimistic that the bill will not have significant impact on the on the direct spending. Sure. And what about the total uh, federal government cost? Have you, has anyone done an analysis of that? Um, we also looked at the Congressional Budget Office, and they now analyze similar bills. Um, I can't answer completely on that to have a good answer, but I don't think there'd be uh, very uh, minimal impacts, I believe. Great. And one last question for you, sir. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the uh, recruitment challenges that you uh, you face in recruiting officers to do this job? Because I know your written testimony had some, uh, some what I found really compelling uh, elements to it. Yeah, so we have a lot of the, a lot of the issues that I have is, I mean, some that's been talked about is a lot of our, uh, just talking with our public safety director earlier who oversees our police department over the chief of police. Uh, mentioned some um, issues with local counties, knowing that they can actually, so we train uh, great officers and then they end up, um, you know, knowing that they offer better better benefits, they can actually just uh, steal those individuals. And then also within our uh, uh, police department, we have a lot of issues with uh, recruitment. Um, like I said, we have nine vacancies, I believe, right now. Um, six, sorry, I should read something. Um, but I'll, one thing I also want to talk about is the, the, the issue we have with just the amount of area our officers have to cover. So I talk about long drive times, 
um, responding to domestic violence calls, disturbance, violent offenses that the backup time our officers have to, and the, uh, the lack of backup for some is, uh, I think, a deterrent as well. So some are, are talking about public safety director. She mentioned that um, for 12-hour shifts, some of our offers get close to 1,000 miles in on one shift, but at the gas up about four times during that shift. So um, just the area they have to cover, the benefits offered by their local municipalities, um, make it uh, deterrent, not deterrent, but they it's uh, looked at to um, better benefits other agencies to work at, so it's hard to retain and recruit people. Right. Well, hopefully we'll give you some help with that. Thank you, Madam Chair. You're back. Thank you, Ranking Member. Um, the Chair would now recognize uh, the gentlewoman, Representative McCollum, for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. And uh, you said it so well, and so did uh, Ranking Member Obernalti. We can't thank you enough for your patience and hanging in with us as we went over to vote. All of us were looking at our watches saying we've got important work and uh, important people uh, to talk to about doing it together in partnership. So um, to the tribal leaders, uh, thank you so very, very much. Um, I would just make a, a quick comment. I'm glad we're finally starting to see some of these land to trust, land settlements and that happening. We need to figure out a way to expedite it so that um, as uh, the tribal uh, members are, are thinking into the future about what to do with, with the land, whether it's protecting the sacred site, doing economic development, um, you know, um, you know, school, um, more cultural activities on it, hunting, fishing, ricing, whatever it may be, that 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 land come back into their possession quicker um, to, so that they can move forward. The last comment I would make is on law enforcement, something that we've we've uh, heard a lot of testimony and struggle with in the Interior Appropriations Committee. The law enforcement is in several different pots of money, but there's all kinds of things that uh, intertwine with it. You know, broadband, um, good roads in the transportation account. But then it comes down to people, right? And um, the challenges that um, law enforcement has in, in a community, if they return back home and there's just a few officers, you're dealing with you know, friends, relatives, people you went to high school with um, on, on a daily basis. And you're the one with the squad car when you're off duty, if something goes awry, whether it's a first aid emergency, you hear about a potential suicide, just domestic violence, anything. So a lot of these officers, just quite frankly, are never off duty. And uh, municipalities such as the municipality I was um, on in, in North St. Paul, um, we, were, we were looking to enrich our police departments by having more people with more diverse backgrounds. So that's another thing. Um, these officers, not only, you know, the respite that they don't get, the lack of funds and um, pension and, and health care that, that they're not receiving um, that they could get. And then you add, add to that that they are literally recruited um, because there are municipalities that are looking for diversity. So um, these are really important bills that we listened to and heard about today, Madam Chair. Thank you so much for holding the hearing. And with that, I yield back my time. Thank you so much for your comments. Um, the chair will now recognize uh, the gentleman from Illinois, uh, Representative Chuy Garcia. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. 
Um, I would like to address uh, my questions to uh, Chairman uh, Rupnik. Um, I want to ask you uh, the same question I asked Mr. Garriott uh, earlier today. Can you describe the process uh, that you envision to receive a final uh, compensation uh, for the land uh, matter of the Potawatomi uh, that we discussed earlier and that you referenced in your testimony? <clears throat> yes, thank you for that question. Um, the process that I would hope that we could come up with, and, and if uh, Congress would agree to it today as a fair and equitable dollar amount today, I think that we could uh, go ahead on and move forward with that. Um, I would hope that we wouldn't have to go through the department's uh, process, which would take and extend this out multiple months. Instead, we could work closely with the department and the tribe to come up with a fair and equitable amount, agree on that, and then get that before Congress, is, is my hopes. Uh, yes, and I, I echo uh, the remarks made uh, by Representative McCullum that we should seek to uh, accelerate and to expedite uh, uh, this process. Uh, these are uh, issues that have been uh, awaiting resolution uh, for so long. So your, your point is well taken with me. Um, secondly, uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, over uh, the last uh, few years, especially since uh, last year when the legislation was introduced in the Senate, um, are you aware of uh, any other tribe coming forward to claim ownership of the Chabonet Reservation? I am not aware of any tribe that has come forward since the bill was introduced in the Senate. And there's been uh, ample time and plenty of uh, public discussion um, for uh, anyone who might have uh, an interest or a claim to have come forth uh, during that time. Uh, would that be an accurate statement on my part? Yes, sir, it would. Uh, we purchased 129 acres 2009. If somebody wanted to make a claim against that purchase, they, they've had plenty of opportunity to do that. Okay. Uh, and could you just talk uh, once again a little bit about, uh, I think you uh, stated earlier, uh, that you've spent around $10 million to repurchase that land? That's typically the way things go, especially when uh, tribes are trying to uh, purchase land within um, a reservation. Um, folks that own the land know that there is some uh, culturally significant reason why the tribe wants that, and, and generally, tribes get extorted um, for those lands. And, and it's pretty sad that tribes have to go back and repurchase land that was given to them. Yes, uh, thank you for uh, emphasizing uh, that. Um, uh, those are all the questions I have. Uh, I uh, wanna associate myself with uh, the remarks of other members for the uh, vote uh, series de delay that all of you have experienced. We know you've traveled 
from afar. We appreciate your patience and um, thank you for hanging with us. Uh, Madam Chair, I yield back. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, I think that concludes the, are there any members who have not had their five minutes in sick break? Recognition, we don't have any on the Republican side. So, uh, and I think that's, we're done as well. Then I wanna thank the witnesses once again. How many times can we say it? I don't think we can say it enough. Thank you for your patience, um, both today and then thank you also for bringing these important pieces of legislation uh, forward to us for answering the questions that we have, as you know, um, the members may have additional questions for the witnesses, and we will ask you to kindly respond to those in writing so we'll have them for the congressional record. Um, and under Committee Rule 3.0, members of the committee must submit witness questions within three business days following the hearing, and the hearing record will be open for 10 business days for those responses. If there is no further business, without objection, the subcommittee stands adjourned.